Welcome, 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 welcome. I am so excited about this particular one because I have a wonderfully huge announcement um, that I have not, uh, well, I have kind of announced in the past, but today's title is called From Part-Time Hustle to Full-Time. That means I am a full-time entrepreneur and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but let me introduce myself. Uh, for this is your first time listening to this, I am on YouTube, which I hope you've subscribed. I am. I have my own podcast, which is separate from YouTube. I know YouTube. Um, prior to I started uh, doing uh, YouTube videos before podcasts, they had a little podcast app, so I had my own separate podcast. Um, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, you claim it. I am there, okay? But if it's your first time, who am I? My name is Dr. Samaria M. Colbert. I am a licensed therapist and I have over 16 years worth of experience in the field. Um, I uh, have, um, I just love what I do. Uh, I have my own private practice, which is what you see in the background. Uh, and it's called Cleaning Creative Counseling. Um, other things I've done, I've written over 63 books. I just released um, I don't, I lost count. I gotta go back and actually count. You read so many books, you lose count. I always say over 60 or over 63 or something like that. I think I'm at book number 64, but I just released my latest one called Esther's Grace. Love that book. I just completed the workbook. I'm just waiting for, uh, my, uh, cover designer to, uh, approve me. I think she actually has, I've approved her. I gotta approve her anyway. Y'all, you get what I'm saying so that I can finish and upload that. But I do have a lot of uh, knowledge and, um, training courses and uh, t-shirts and a lot of knowledge about what I know. Um, so I say all this to say this, I don't think you can teach people where you have never been. And I think that we live in a world that's very presumptuous and I'm, I'm coming to my point. And um, there comes a place where uh, you just have to stand on the fact that you know what you know and you've you pay the cost to be the boss, honey. Can we just be honest about that? <laughs> and you can tell someone not from a place of presumptuous, which means to give advice beyond uh, what you can. Um, and to just give people uh, real in your testimony. And so I say all that to say not to brag, but this is my testimony. And the purpose of it is not to brag. It's not to tell you how much money I make. It is not to woo you in. It is not even to get new clients. There are other people who are like me who have seen what's going on in our world and you ha had this dream and maybe you have always felt delayed or you felt like God when, uh, and that's been me. Uh, and it's, it's difficult. It's not difficult, but it can be scary in this day and time because of all the things that we've experienced to even dream. I think I can have my own entrepreneur business, um, but you can. And so I want to give you my testimony of how I, uh, am able to live, be sustained, have a growing practice, never taking any pay cuts, uh, working solely for myself. And that was uh, not always the case. Okay. But it was, not, it's not meant to brag. I know some people are going to be like, anything time you do something, someone's going to perceive your motives to be some kind of way, but it's meant to really just encourage you. And of course I do have a shameless club because I have multiple things going on. Uh, I'm going to post a link to a, my training course and it's called from practitioner to a business owner. And that is specifically for people in the healthcare field, specifically therapists. But if you're in the healthcare field uh, in general, you'll get some some uh, real good uh, information from that. 
and they'll tell you the step-by-step process to start your own private practice, okay? But it's not meant to brag. So let me tell you a little bit about how I started my private practice. I'm going to tell you overall a little bit, and then I'll tell you 10 things that I learned and what I need you to take away from it. Now, I know I'm rambling, but go with me here. Uh, I see a lot of the business gurus and saying six-figure, seven-figure, and how you did it all. Um, because I am in the healthcare field and technically what I am known for, even though I do all the things that the other ones do, like I have courses, I have uh, multiple streams of income, my main bread and butter is still my private practice because I'm not quite fully at the, at, the, at the realm of that yet, but I have all of that in place, books, training courses, I mean, you name it. Uh, I don't never lead with six figure, seven figure for me, okay, even though I can technically if I really wanted to, I could. I could give you some courses on how to do that. I'm not going to leave with that because remember this, um, there are certain things that are going to be okay for when you're in like a coaching business or you're helping other people launch something that is not really using wisdom when you're in the human services field. I deal with people who are in pain. They come to me because they're in pain and it was very uh, not wise to start advertising. I'm a therapist who makes X amount of, you see what I'm saying? It It looks like, you're making um, almost like a mockery over people's pain and then bragging about it. I've heard people say, I follow my therapist on social media and all that kind of stuff. And she was she was bragging about how she made six figures and I immediately canceled my appointment because you see what I'm saying? Because when you're dealing with people's hurts, their pain, emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual, you cannot lead with that. Now, we have to understand the business side of things. We have to understand all the things that you have to do when it comes to owning your own business. And there's a time and a place to talk about that, but that is not the time. This is why you'll never see me on advertisements for my practice talking about X amount of dollars because it is in poor taste. Okay. And that is for my, my therapist is not for anyone else, not throwing shade at anybody else. That is for people who are specifically doing what I do. You are a licensed clinician. You operate under your license. You own your own private practice, or you have, uh, you have a desire to do that. You have to use wisdom as far as how you show up in these places, particularly when you're dealing with people who have emotional wounds. All right. So I started my private practice. I had an idea, started my private practice. And I did a video uh, a while back on how God gave me my own private practice. So I won't redo that. But for many, many years, um, I was just really inspired going all the way back to my undergrad days. I started school in the late 90s. Okay, I'm in my 40s. I know I don't look it, but I am. <laughs> and so uh, what really inspired me, uh, because I, I knew eventually um, the field that the, 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 the what I had started off with, I was doing what other people wanted me to do. You got to do business and you got to do engineering, all the kind of stuff that I would never have passed. Uh, I had a desire to own my own private practice, but once I found out what I was passionate about, which was helping hurting people, I just put that to the side because I didn't think that that was like a thing. It wasn't until I got to my undergrad, um, for those who atten attended Bennett College, but I didn't graduate from there. I went to Bowie State and then I went to Howard University uh, for my graduate program. And then I was really inspired by my professors. And a lot of them, I never forget, his name was Dr. I can't remember his name. Oh, anyway, I like to give people credit when you when you drop nuggets that I can uh, glean from, but I can't remember his name. 
Um, he's dressed in nice suits. If y'all, if you went to Howard with me, you remember the guy. He never said he said you he said you you work for an agency long enough and you do what you're supposed to do to learn and then you launch out and get your own uh organization. And so I was really inspired because I saw black excellence, even when I went to Bennett, when I went to uh Bowie State, when I went to Howard, I saw black excellence, I saw PhDs, and I had never it opened up my eyes. And then I saw people in the human services field who also owned their own private practices, uh, did other things, did consulting. And uh, I never look at someone and want to be them, but I was inspired because I was like, man, you can do that. And that put me on my path. Um, but again, check out that uh that video on um how I how God gave me my own business. It's it's not an easy track track. Okay. So um so for many, many years I had this desire. Uh for those who know I lived in Greensboro well over 10 years, but prior to that, I'm from Maryland, I used to live in Cary. I had tried to start my own private practice. I have since learned that if you keep trying to push something, push something, push something, oftentimes God is holding that door closed because it's not time yet. And so I registered my business name and started doing things. And no matter what I did, I just kept hitting the ground floor. Uh, I kept hitting brick walls and I realized maybe it just wasn't time yet. And that's hard. It is hard to uh, be the type of person that you know you have greatness in them and you sit in the mediocrity, uh, so to speak. And so... Um, uh, so many, many years have passed. Uh, since that time, I had uh, I had started a PhD program. I wasn't able to graduate uh, at that time. And I worked in community mental health. I worked in inpatient hospitals. Uh, as y'all know, I, I have uh, gone back to school and completed my doctorate. So I was always doing other things. I was always studying. I was always keeping myself busy. I had two or three different things going on. I was writing. That's how I write all these books. <laughs> right now, I always have... Um, multiple things that I'm going on that are in pursuit of my purpose that uh, that I do in secret places that I, I naturally love. Um, and so it was not until, but I always had this dream. And so every now and again, I would do stuff. I would like um, um, post vlogs. I would um, get a lot of information. Um, for those who don't know, in my private practice right now, I've transitioned to seeing um I started uh, as a trauma therapist and I worked mainly in community health and all those things, seeing people who have been abused. Um, but when I started my private practice, which is really, really God, is that all these leaders started showing up, ministerial leaders, uh, bivocational leaders. That means these people who are in ministry and they run CFOs, CEOs, they run an organization. These are the main uh, types of folks that I see uh, leaders, any type of leader in their emotional wound. I see them in my private practices and that is not to brag, but I'm I'm just telling you. So what I didn't realize is that during that time when God, I felt like God was stalling me. No one ever taught me uh, some of the things I learned in those secret places. I couldn't be trained the way I needed to be trained had I been doing what I'm doing. So I still that to say when I started my private practice, even though uh, I started leadership, leadership development and emotional wounds of leaders, I had a goal. Um, I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just like, <laughs> I had a goal of maybe eventually starting my own um consulting business where I go into organizations and stuff like that. I didn't realize uh, what I was studying and what I was in training for would, would help me in when I started my private practice. Okay. So how I transitioned or started my private practice was simple uh, when it was time. Um, after all those years, feeling like I was delayed, this is in 2017 when I started my private practice. A good friend of mine, shout out to Dr. Johnson. Um, we met at her office and she was living at Greensboro at the time. And she just, we were just talking. I was helping her um, to, I think one of her books she uh, asked me about. And uh, she was, she's someone I just know all, like since, you know, my days at Howard. So shout out to her. And, um, and I wasn't jealous because she had her own office now and she's her own business owner. And she does the most. I wasn't jealous. I'm never jealous of my friends or people that I know who are doing well. I'm just not that person. 
But as uh, I was leaving, I never forget. I just felt the peace of God come over me. And I felt like, okay, after all these years, it's time, it's time. And I just felt peace about it. At the time, the the, the numbers didn't add up. My bank account didn't add up because you make a decent salary in the human services field, but it ain't enough, <laughs> okay? And then I had an outstanding bill that I was paying on that kind of took all my money. So sometimes God waits until you in desperate situations. Now he waits until you have exhausted all your resources so you can only give him credit. So I, but I felt the peace of God come over. Um, long story short, I end up finding the perfect office space. I'm no longer there as of right now, because as y'all know, I have since moved to a bigger office space, but I started that in 2017 after waiting many, 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 many years and doors closing and uh, I had a little office space. This is pre-pandemic, which I'm glad about that because uh, I still see people in the office in telehealth. I was never planning on doing telehealth ever. Um, and God just opened up a door. And this is how it always happened for me. Um, I just, it just happened. Uh, I never forget the, the leasing agent that at my other place. Uh, he no longer works at the company, but uh, I called and I was like, listen, I've been, I called them, the price is right. And he was like, I'm so sorry, man. But, but um, you know, we just booked that last office. And if we, um, uh, and you know, he just told me it was, it was done, but he said he put my name on the waiting list. And I was so disappointed because I just knew, I was just like, I knew it. Uh, so I was talking to another coworker of mine. <laughs> God will send people just, and they don't even know they're used, by, they're used by God. And I was so disappointed. And I don't know how I got to this conversation uh, with my um, coworker. Her name was Leslie. Shout out to Leslie. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I don't know how we got to it, but I was talking to her and I was like, yeah, I found the perfect office space. And now I just can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Samaria, call them back. What are you talking about? Call them back. And I was like, huh? And she's like, you like, She's like, call them back. Ask them, is there a waiting list? You never know. Call them back. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Oh, so I called them back and I was like, listen, I already talked to you, but if there's a waiting list, if you could please just put money. He said, sure, you're the, he's like, you're the only one on the waiting list, right? And he was like, but the guy who's taking that office space, he hasn't, call, he hasn't called us back yet. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, please. You got to know when it's your time. So I begin to pray. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you're going to give. I wasn't, I wasn't putting them out or, you know, uh, speaking word curses. I was saying, in the name of Jesus, he, he going to, you're going to give him a better opportunity in the name of Jesus. That's my office. And I begin to pray. <laughs> uh, I had another, uh, um, uh, acquaintance of mine and we walked around a building and listen, cause you don't understand. It's nothing to somebody else. If you haven't had to be the, well, you felt like delayed or you kept having doors closed open. It's nothing to you to just go get an office space. But when you've had to struggle for that thing and it didn't come easy and doors kept slamming and you've been, and you've been waiting years, honey, you're not taking no for that. So when God said this time, he finally called me back and he said, the guy has not called and, uh, here you can, and he, let me see it. I was able to get to it. I didn't have the best of credit at that time, but but there was nothing really on my credit but student loans. I mean, I'm like that person that has like a million and trillion student loans. But anyway, so I started our private practice, <laughs> okay, from there. And it's been a very long journey. Um, it's been a very, very long journey. I thought... Um, I thought I would be a year and then I would be off and I would be working for myself in that year. Honey, it did not happen in that year. Uh, and so for a lot of time, which is the reason why you may not see me a lot, or I, I've kind of uh, lost a little bit of touch, honestly, because I was working so hard from since 2017. And mind you, I've always been someone 
who had so many different things going on. I was a, I was working full time, but this time I had a still had my regular job. I worked for the same community mental health agency over twelve years before I left. From eight to five there. I got transferred to a different location that was 55 minutes away. I would not give up my private practice. I would work for my private practice from five to eight in the afternoon. Um, or when I got to my office, that's not including notes, it's not including contracts, all day Saturday. And then I would go to church Sunday morning. And then Sunday evening, you know, we have evening service at our church. I would never go because that's when I had to catch up, wash my clothes, fix myself together. And I've been grinding it out. Eventually, at some point, and I'll tell you how I'm I'm leading to how I I started my private practice, but also what led me to finally make the jump. Cause it is scary when you don't have support. I don't have anyone else to pay my bills for me. I don't have someone. Else. I have people that can encourage me, tell me to keep going. I mean, if I can call my, I can call my godmother. I can call um, <laughs> somebody, you know, I can call um, uh, one of my um, uh, college folks that was like a mentor to me and say, Hey, not like a mentor to me, like a, like a business mentor, but this says, Oh, congratulations. Keep going. But no one can help me spill, um, pay my bills. No one's going to help me. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't have that level. Of re- I had to do it by myself, basically. It's just me and Jesus. So I was like literally working from eight to five, um, my private practice from five to eight. Um, uh, no, eight to five in a community mental health agency, which y'all know that's a lot. That's on a whole nother level of stress going straight from there to my private practice from eight to eight, working all day Saturday, still getting to go on church on Sunday. And eventually as time went on, um, I kept getting more and more clients. I started learning about contracts. I started learning about um, policies and I needed to learn that because there is a backside of only your own private practice that a lot of people don't know about or because it is still a business. We don't do what we do purely based on the fact of how much money you're going to make. However, you have to learn the policy, the procedure when you're a healthcare professional. But in any business that you have, getting up in front of people is nothing. That's not leading. That's not starting a business. It's the behind the scenes that costs that that really is what matters more than what's in front of people as I see it. Um, and so I was doing the absolute most. Eventually, uh, I was able to go back to another PhD program. I paid for that all out of pocket, Okay. Um, and I'm up to how I was able to start my private practice, but I'm also leading up to why I decided to leave. Uh, and I always had a goal of doing this. So, um, doing this, but you see, I'm doing the absolute most. I had burned out multiple times, um, and I could have made that leap of faith, but every single time I thought it was time to take that leap of faith, something would come into my, uh, into my, um, into my faith that will block it. Okay. And I believe that was God because there's a time and a place for everything. And what I've learned to do, and I encourage you to don't, don't compare your journey to someone else. There's some people that start their business and boom, in a year they're off. And I wanted that. I wanted that, but it didn't happen for me that way. Cause there's other things I had to learn that may be different from my colleagues and it's okay for them. I can celebrate someone else getting there before me, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not for me. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, that because I don't, I didn't get it when other people else got it, then then it wasn't going to happen for me. So don't compare your journey to someone else because most of the time when God has you waiting a little bit longer than the other person, when you come out the box, you have a lot of depth, you have a lot of weight, you have a lot of foundation to you. You're really good at what you do. You're not riding on the grace of someone else. You're not superficial. You know, <laughs> all this is not, this is, this is no shade, but I always say it like this, you know, we can move a crowd, but you can't execute a text. It simply means this, like, 
a lot of what we see now, social media, uh, wherever we go, it's like a hype. But if you look at the depth, it's, it's nothing behind it. It's no, no depth. There's no depth. There's no weight. There's no height to it. And sometimes God has to have you waiting longer because you have more depth to you. You are anointed. You want, he wants you to come out, but he wants you to come out strong with some spiritual weight to you. So during that time, even while I was waiting, even after I started my private practice, I was writing books. I was learning so much. When I was able to finally re-register for a PhD program, I had so much research because I started a whole different um, sphere of influence. I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about leadership development. I learned a lot about how to minister and counsel leaders. I didn't know that. Uh, when I first started my private practice, so I'm not, I'm, I know I'm all over the place. Oh, okay. But how I started seeing leaders is because I started off as a trauma therapist. But when I started my private practice, all these leaders started showing up. And so I didn't realize all that time, I'm, I'm all that time. God was preparing me for this demographic. Okay. Um, so I started doing the most. I've always been strategic. I've always been a planner. I created courses while I had my private practice, still seeing clients, becoming a PhD program. Then I started hit, being hit with all these things in my personal life because people start getting jealous and envious of your success and they don't see the behind the scenes work. I used to only, I gained a whole lot of weight. <laughs> I used to only literally be uh, sleep about four hours. I mean, I was doing the absolute most, Okay. But it never felt like work because it was what I was passionate about. Um, so, And I still had this uh, 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 community mental health agency that I work for, which is a whole other ballgame in itself. How I decided that I needed to leave is because I could no longer keep up. I couldn't keep up. Um, it got to the point where I had so many people calling me for my private practice. I had more people calling me to schedule for my private practice that I did the community mental health agency I was working at. And I had to, uh, I started not being able to keep up with like phone calls. And I could have hired an administrative assistant, but why hire an admin assistant when I really just needed to quit my job? I was holding on because I was scared. I remember I was, I was talking to a therapist and we were going over the numbers and she was saying, Samaria, like you see more clients in two days between my private practice and my day job. You see more clients in two days than I've seen the entire week. And so when I hit burnout, honey, I hit burnout and I had to make different decisions. I never forget when I, uh, when they brought us back to the office, um, I, between Friday and Monday, I got 15 different hits of potential referrals. And I was so emotionally, mentally exhausted. I couldn't, uh, I could not, I couldn't respond to them. These are 15. And if anyone knows about private practice, that is actually really, really good. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit too much and I couldn't keep up. I, I had to turn people away from my private practice because I had this day job that was taking up my time. Uh, so I knew that I just, I was just tired. I was tired. I hit burnout. Um, after completing my PhD, uh, I talked about in a book called The Accuser, how I started going through so much emotional, mental attack that I couldn't keep up and I hit burnout. And I talked about in a previous session, uh, stress, burnout, and compassion fatigue. And sometimes you could be doing the right thing, um, but that time in your life is over. When I first started my private practice, I did have a plan. And so 
and uh, I just the plan didn't execute the way I wanted to. When I, <laughs> I didn't, it didn't come to fruition the way I wanted to. Um, and so what I started doing is I looked at um, how many clients I needed to see. I had to understand contracts and reimbursement rates because this is the backside of things. At minimum, how many clients do I need to see to continue to sustain my lifestyle? I do not want to go from making a, have a good life. I ain't rich, but I have a good life to being broke again. <laughs> um, and I had to look at my budget. I had to look at my budget as that if hypothetically something happened, at minimum, how many clients did I need to have? I had need to have a big old chunk of savings, okay? And so I started making a plan. I made the plan at the beginning when I first started my private practice, but towards the end of my tenure at my community mental health, I learned so much more about contracts, insurance contracts, reimbursing rates, how to scale your business, how to up your business, <laughs> what are your policies and procedures. Uh, I had to really sit down and renegotiate what that looked like for me. And I did that. When I first started my private practice, um, I, I was looking at different business coaches. And you, when, you, when you're a practitioner, a healthcare provider, you have to look at, um, you can look at the business coaches, but you also have to understand how the healthcare profession works that may be very different, okay? And so I did like go to like the small business center in Greensboro uh, and things like that, but I also um, needed to uh, really kind of filter the information into what I could use and what I couldn't use. Um, one of the ladies that I did look at was, her name was Markeva Jenkins. Um, so I started my business in April 2017, and unfortunately, her life was uh, uh, taken away from us. Um, she Her life ended um, uh, by the hands of her husband uh, somewhere in that year. But prior to that, I watched a video about her, and she was talking about how to launch your business, and that really helped me. So I always had a plan from the beginning. Towards the end of my tenure at my community mental health agency, I ended up... Um, I ended up uh, re-looking at what I needed to do, my minimum goals. And so I had a plan. Uh, how many minimum clients do I need to see? What's the what's my bread and butter? My bread and butter that pays me now is my private practice. Now I do have multiple streams of income, but I looked at if what 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 is my main bread and butter uh to to do my budget. And I looked at my other streams of income as extra, but my main bread, <laughs> you get to what I'm saying. Um so I set a plan. And then as I, throughout the years, I kept trying to launch something that would come up. I would still look at the new information that I had learned, um, how to deal with contracts, how to renegotiate contracts, um, the paperwork that I needed to fill out. Um, I made sure at the beginning that my business was God's business, that it belonged to him. One thing I've learned, which I'll tell you is that God wants us to be successful in every area of our, of our life. I can say and I can tell you, God wants you to be successful. He, but wouldn't it be better if I told you how? And so there's so many different things that God told me when another area of my business I need to scale up, I literally heard the Holy Spirit says, go do this. How I moved into my, my new office, believe it or not, is because at the beginning of the year, God tells me everything I need to accomplish in that year, books I need to write. And he starts telling me September, October. Well, at the beginning of January, God told me I need you to move, go to this office, pay this amount of money for rent and um and do this. So even though I would not recommend <laughs> 
making a decision to move into a bigger office that costs more <laughs> when you're trying to leave your day job. You go, you want to scale down and look at uh, your budget. You don't want to add something else to it, okay? <laughs> um, but because I was following God, it wasn't until I moved, which I moved probably in August. And I, I, I moved everything. I signed my lease in August. I'm now here uh, in, what's this, October. Uh, I'm now here. God didn't tell me to a couple of weeks ago. The reason why I told you to do that was because I'm getting ready to increase your influence. Um, and so I couldn't keep up. I was really, really scared, uh, but I did it. I took the leap. Um, and when I took the leap, it was still scary because that thought in the back of your mind says, oh my God, what if this fails? What if I can't do it? I talked to my supervisor and I told him, he was a real cool, real cool guy. And I was telling him, I was like, I'm in private practice. He knew it. <laughs> Everybody knew I had a problem. Most people did. I knew I had a private practice. And I was like, listen, I can't keep up. And I was like, this has been my dream. He was like, I completely understand. Um, that's another thing. I uh, I know I'm all over the place, y'all. I'm going to have to redo this. <laughs> but I did have an exit strategy, which is important. But while I had my exit strategy, I left my previous job on good terms. I did not tear up anyone's organization. I did not take clients with me. I built my own practice based upon what God and to my own ingenuity, my own marketing, my own learning. I did not take it. I only had, you know, I only had one client from my previous practice. And that was because before I even left, they stopped taking their insurance and she was trying, not trying to take no for an answer. She ended up calling her insurance and she, and they told her that I was a network at a different organization. She called me, she's like, Samaria. <laughs> And I was like, okay, okay, okay. But, I, but that's the only client that I had from my previous organization. So I always, I feel like this, and I'm going to talk to you about this. Uh, I don't like, I may do this again. I'm going to talk to you about this in another teaching, how your exit strategy from one place to another place is going to be really, really important. Your exit strategy, okay? And But you have to do it in integral. Uh, don't leave in one's organization a mess. Don't leave one church in the offense or a mess, no matter how bad it gets. Don't, <laughs> you have to leave with integrity because it's not about them, it's about God. Okay. Uh, and so I finally um submitted my resignation. Uh, I still had my plan. You know, they say God, we make plans, God laughs. I had a plan, but the plan <laughs> was not in fruition uh fully. Like I had a plan, I had to pay off my entire car. Okay, before I took the leap of faith, I didn't pay off my car till a month. My car, big lump, chump, lump, lump sum of money, I paid off my car after I was already a full time entrepreneur. Uh, so, those are just things. Other things I do is I had to learn um, everything I needed to learn before I took, I needed to learn a lot before I took the leap of faith. So, I took a leap of faith, but it was an educated leap of faith. In my personal opinion, I see people saying, how did God do it? And, and I just took the leap. And it's like, yeah, but you don't want to, you have to use wisdom. You know, you have to use wisdom. So your echo strategy is okay, but you have to also use wisdom. Don't just jump out and without a plan. God is a God of preparation and a plan. You know, God told me a few years ago, everything that I have, I have, everything that is for you, I have for you, but I have to prepare you for it first. I don't understand the people who tell you about something God hasn't prepared you for first. God prepares you in secret places, not in open places, okay? Um, I sought wise counsel. Like I said, I had another therapist, um, that is still my person that, that told me you can do it. She's like, Samaria, you're already doing it. I had to be clear or careful about who I saw because we live in a very presumptuous generation. And sometimes people will give you advice uh, based upon their fear. Like I didn't, like if I, I know specifically people now, if I had said, hey, I'm taking this leap of faith and I'm not, 
I'm, I'm not going to work at a regular organization anymore. They're like, no, you can't do it. And you've been at this organization X amount of years and you can retire in X amount of years. And are you sure you want to do it? I didn't seek counsel from those people because they're only going to give you advice based upon their limitations. Okay. And plus sometimes it's just true that people do get jealous and envious of your success. So when I, um, the person, the only one person I talked to about beforehand, and I was telling how I was stressed out, I was burned out. I, 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 I had a great relationship with all my superiors, the people that uh, I had to answer to. And I had a great relationship with my clients. I was burnt out. And she was saying, Samaria, you can do this. You already are doing this. I see X amount of clients. You see more clients in two days than I see an entire week. I will go on vacation and start seeing clients on my vacation. Okay. You get to the point where you get forced out. I got to the point where I took a vacation. I would feel like the weight of me not being stressed out anymore. And it hit me as soon as Monday morning came because I had to do a whole uh, 12, 14, 16 hour day. And that's not including notes. It just was all consuming. Um, and so I had to seek wise counsel from people who are in position to give it. God will send those people into your life. I remember when I first started my private practice, I met another lady. Uh, she just happened to call me out at, at random. Turns out we knew mutual people. She graduated from Howard University. I graduated from Howard University at a different times. She had been in private practice a good 10 years longer than I had. I had just started. And she, I never forget, she said, if you ever need anything, you call me. You call me. God will send the right people in your path that will really help you, that just want to help you for the sake of helping you. Uh, and I always say this favor is not, um, is, is you don't have to manipulate people to get put on. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I was obedient to God's voice. God told me it's going to be a smooth transition. God told me to move into this bigger office. Since moving, my business has gone has grown exponentially. I, I have no desire to go back and I don't have to go back. If I naturally, I don't even need to go back. Okay. When he said smooth transition, he said smooth transition. Every single week now, um, I usually... Um, so when I was working at the community mental health, like we had goals of how many clients we needed to see, uh, every week. Now I know some people say, that's, that's about whatever. That's what we had to do. So <laughs> I had that same mindset of how many clients I need to see on a weekly basis. I hit that goal every week, every week, every week. Now I'm still taking new clients, but I'm very close to the point where I'm going to have to take a waiting list because I'm seeing so many clients. And I told myself, I'm not going to go back to burnout, stress, and compassion, fatigue. Uh, so I had to stay consistent, but I also had to do what God told me to do. It, like I said, it wasn't after I submitted my resignation and I was so freaking out, like, oh my God, what did I just do? And then my supervisor reassured me, hey, you can always come back. <laughs> but God said, uh, Samaria, close all doors. And he said, it's going to be a smooth transition. And I say it has been a smooth transition. I have missed absolutely nothing. Uh, I don't talk money because of what I just said at the beginning, but my lifestyle is the same. Uh, I'm scaling up. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, you know, I've been able to, I'm, I'm still in a good place and I'm doing very, very well. I just put it that way. Just, just know I'm doing well. And God has gave me some great promises for my future, but um, it, it would not have happened. Some things, and I said it because I know that there's a lot of people who are listening to this and maybe in fear. And you're saying this job is my solid. This is not, this is what I'm familiar with, but I got this passion. I got this dream. I'm not going to be satisfied. And you have a business that's starting to scale up. Sometimes God won't even allow you to walk in another level of success until you let go. And that's not for everybody. Some, some people, cause I see the people trying to push things and it's not their time yet too. Now that's a whole other conversation. 
but there's some time where you know you hit the glass the the glass ceiling here and I'm not going to be able to move forward until I let it go. I always pay my tithes. I always pay my offering. I'm a tither. And I cannot expect God to elevate me in my business if I don't pay my tithes. And I give my offerings, okay? I do that consistently. Never miss it. I was raised on tithes. And now I'm here as a generous curse breaker as someone who pays their tithes. I always budget. Like I said, I, I'm looking at my notes now. <laughs> I did not have to take a pay cut or a payout. I had to look at my bills and and look at uh, and pay down what I could. Like I said, once I took the leap of faith, I still paid my car completely off. I don't have a car payment. My two uh, biggest uh, uh, um, expenses right now are my office rent and then the rent for my, uh, obviously my, my home. Okay. Um, and I had to watch my spending and I had to not let go of fear. And I said, God has blessed me. He continues to bless me. Okay. Uh, I did take a leap of faith, but I took an educated leap. I took an educated leap. Okay. Um, I have to also, I've learned because now I'm operating in a very small organization. I don't have the same backing that I had at my community mental health when I had a whole, when there was other staff, there's a crisis unit, <laughs> there's a multiple. So, uh, there's multiple different facets that I can refer a client to. I say all that to say, um, I had to create systems of how I run my business that's specific for me. I had to set clear boundaries. I do not talk to clients. You're not have 24 hours access to me. Um, I have to be strict about what my intake process is because I have other clients that I have to see. And um, and I also have to learn. I learned and I still continue to learn is that every client is not my client and every person not my person. So just because you see me at the end, we'll have a conversation about what this looks like. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but I have clients every now and again who need a, what we call a HLOC, a higher level of care. Well, I'm not going to see this client just because I can take your insurance. I may have to say, hey, this is what you need. And I do what we call a warm transfer and I find them what they need. So I had to learn how my business works, what's going to be most effective for me and what my policies or my procedures are. And I heard this from another therapist any business owner, your clients do not dictate to you how you run your business. Okay, you know what works. I had someone years ago say, I don't like the paperwork. Well, the paperwork is consistent with every healthcare provider in the state of North Carolina. The paperwork, the form may look slightly different, but the information is going to be the same. When you go to the dentist, when you go to the <laughs> your primary care physician, when you go to another therapist. So I'm not going to be so desperate for a client and you don't like my paperwork. I got to go into my system, recreate a whole different form so you can... Feel comfortable. I don't do that. I don't accommodate my clients like that. This is my business. If you don't like the way I run my business, then you're more than welcome to find a different therapist that meets your needs. I don't say it at a nice, nasty, but professional way. Say, I'm so sorry that uh, we don't meet your needs at this organization. I'll be glad to assist you in finding a different therapist. So I've learned to be really kind of very strict about that. I have very strict policies um, because again, when you're meeting with clients, uh, clinicians, they don't know that you have multiple clients or you have, you know, or, or a full caseload or a full day. And so, uh, and you have to give them your undivided attention. So I can't, sometimes you can't, you got to be real rigid about this is what this is. You know, if you, if you don't show up within your, uh, in an intake session and you show up 15 minutes late, I'm not going to see you. I put that in my policies and procedures. If you don't fill your intake pack at 24 hours prior to your appointment, I'm still not going to see you, but I would give you warning for that. 
Okay. And the reason why that is is because the clients don't know, because when they come into this office, you don't see a whole group of people out in the, out in the lobby and, and 10 people. You see you. And I give you your undivided attention. But the back of my mind, I'm thinking when I finish with this session, I got to see someone else. You see what I'm saying? So I sell that to say, your clients don't run your business. You run your business. Okay. It, it caters to them in a sense of like, am I qualified to meet what you, what you need? And I'm a great therapist, but you don't tell me how to run my business. You understand what I'm saying? So I had to learn that. Uh, I jo joined Facebook groups by other practitioners. Okay. I joined Facebook groups by other practitioners and I was able to get their testimonies as well. I remember, I forget, I read a testimony of one person. She had gotten let go of her job and she said that her, she had three kids that were going to go off to college. She just started a private practice. She said in a year, she was doing the most. Okay. Still successful. And she scaled up of how much her success for her business is. That was very, very scary. And most of the clinicians said the same thing. It was so scary, but I did it. Okay. So you do want to take the leap of faith, but it has to be an educated leap, have X amount of money saved up, budget scaled down to pay off any and everything you got to pay off before you take that leap of faith. Okay. And then do what you have to do. Attend conferences, read books, go on your Facebook groups of other people do what you do. So I would encourage someone else. It may not happen when you want it, but it will happen. Don't compare your journey to others. God will send you help. Okay, don't try to force it. When you are forced or trying to force something to be that is not, we can tell it and it's not good. Okay, now God has given me multiple streams of income and my goal for the next year is to continue to scale up on that end because I have it. I have books and workbooks and training courses and a t-shirt line and I have a podcast. So my goal is to scale up that, but I couldn't compare my journey because my um, I could, my my other colleagues in the field they got more successful that way first. And then it, that wasn't my journey. And that is okay. No shade. And so now I don't have a huge social media presence. I got all this other stuff going on, but I have a really thriving practice. So don't compare your journey to somebody else. Just keep being consistent. And so, um, and, and at times, like I said, you have, uh, you have to take that leap. When I first started my private practice, I, I told this story many moons ago, I really didn't have the money that I needed. I wouldn't recommend you doing it to even sign a lease in my first office space. I didn't have the money. I started selling so many books that every month, the exact amount, and the, the, the rent was super cheap, y'all, but when you ain't got it, that's all. <laughs> it feel like it's expensive. So that's neither here nor there. Every week, I, or every month, excuse me, I was selling so many books that I was able to use that money to pay my office space. So that's why I said I took the leap of faith. It's like God will always provide a way when it's his time. Um, and again, I'll talk to you at a later time about how do you have multiple streams of income? Because I do, but my main bread and butter, when I look at all my budget and when I look at all where my sources are coming from, uh, my main bread and butter right now is my private practice. Will that change? Absolutely. Because I got a word from God. So uh, I know I'm kind of all over the place. Let me make sure I told you everything I need to tell you. Um, I do have a, uh, a, uh, a training course called from practitioner to business owner. And I will recommend that one. put that in the link below It is for cost. There's one called one that says the makings of a great therapist that just gives you really inspirational things. So how do you become a great therapist? It does not give you the backside of how you start your own private practice. That's for, the other one is for free. The one that's called the makings of a great therapist is for free. It's just a YouTube video. The one that says from practitioner to business owner, 
that is for cost. And it's going to give you the step-by-step journey of how you start your own private practice. How do you register? How do you negotiate contracts? Um, how do you register your business name? What type of licensure uh, you need to have? <laughs> the only thing it doesn't tell you a lot about is uh, taxes because that's not my vein. Like, you know, you got to pay somebody else for that. But uh, but but keeping good records and how do you get uh, all these things, it'll go from step by step by step. And should you um, complete that course, which you should, you should be able to follow those steps and launch your own private practice, okay? Um, what else? Okay. Anyway, at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, um, my mission is to serve others. And I wanted to, I just wanted to do that to a greater degree. But I, 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 I can't serve others at the def- detriment of myself. And that simply means it's one of the greatest things I love about private practice is to be able to own my own time. I really do. I, I don't work, uh, I only work in my private practice four days out of the week. Okay. I'm in there now because this is my work day, but I had to scale. I don't take my first client before 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm able to, which I love, and I want you to see yourself this way. I'm able to take a vacation. I'm able to go to the gym. For those who know, I, I gained a ton of weight. I mean, I was always plus size, but I lost all this weight and was looking snatched and whatnot. I started gaining all my weight back. What time I got? I started gaining all my weight back because I was just tired and I was just going, 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 going. I just stopped, something to eat, go. But now I'm able to lose my weight. I've lost weight, but I need to lose some more. I'm, I'm in the process of doing it. I'm able to go to the gym. I'm able to enjoy my life. I'm still in some ways recovering from that burnout phase, but I'm not, I'm a lot emotionally and spiritually in a better place because I don't have to worry as much. Uh, I don't have two jobs. I can technically work part-time and make the same amount or more money than I did working all those jobs. Okay. Uh, I had to take a leap of faith. And my only goal for today is to encourage you that you can do the same, okay? Um, I know it's kind of all over the place, but you can do the same. Don't give up. Start small. Uh, and you may be the type of person that when you start your private practice in a year, it is boom. But guess what? <laughs> for a lot of us, it don't happen that way. And that is okay. Don't look at these gurus on YouTube and compare yourself. Because I've seen these YouTubers, and I said before, or you see them just going shopping and what I mean, just doing the absolute most. I'm thinking you just you own your business. You all you do is shop because you can. You do have a little lifestyle. You can you know buy your little purse. You can do a little more. Okay, you just can. But that is not the gist of being a business owner. Is how much money you can spend. Okay, it's it's who you can serve, and it is it is about being your own boss serving your community in a better way, but also being able to live. And God said, I kind of, you may have life and life more abundantly. And I'm so glad that I can walk around my neighborhood. I can go to my office. I can go to the gym. I can take a vacation. I could, I can, I can live, I can live, I can breathe and I can do what I love without feeling the level of pressure and pain and stress that I was under. Okay. I'll talk to you a little more about that. All right, I'm Dr. Samaria Colbert. If you're watching this via YouTube, that course is going to be under um, the, the link. I also have books. One is going to call about being business. I'm, I'll post a link about that as well. If you're watching this via Facebook or uh, Instagram or my podcast, just go to my website at drsamaria.com and click the link that says training and you will pull up the one that says um, uh, from practitioner to business owner. Uh, I also have other training courses for clinicians at www.trainingchristianleaders.com. And then I also have uh, my private practice course. We are accepting new consumers. 
we we almost about to hit that waiting list. So get in while you can. You must be an NC resident, okay? At www.keeningcreativecounseling.com. And uh, God bless you. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We'll be back in the day and in the time of the banger. Bye, y'all. Bye.